Anybody know today's Pro-Life Sunday? Yeah, we've been celebrating that here from day one. We're all about, as a matter of fact, Bethany, Dave's wife, she's the executive director over at First Choice, and we love Bethany. She's speaking this morning at, at a local church today, and because we I was looking forward to hearing from her. I know that would be a great challenge today to us, but we believe in that ministry. And I want to thank you on behalf of her and First Choice for being so good at Christmas time and responding, man. A lot of gifts were given to be able to help all the moms and dads that are coming through as they earn points. And uh, so we don't want to just be pro-life in our speech or just in our doctrine, as important as that is. We want to be pro-life in action, and the church said, and that's one way that y'all demonstrated the love of Christ, and I'm just so proud of you. So I want us to pray for that today and for us to take the offering. Can we pray together? Father, we're grateful for this morning, for the presence of Jesus, and Lord, that you have formed us in our mother's womb, and you knew us before we were born, and Lord, you or for life. And Lord, we celebrate life with you today. Lord, we pray a special blessing on Bethany this morning as she speaks. Empower her, Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would speak across congregations across America and the world for life today. Lord, we celebrate life in Jesus, abundant and eternal. But we pray for the lives of the unborn that we can stand in the gap. And by faith, Lord, we ask that many would be born this year, that many moms Lord, just the other day as I heard a testimony, somebody rode by the center and there was a, a group praying, Father, and as they were praying, a young woman heard the voices of people singing and she chose to have life for that baby. Lord, thank you that you hear our prayers and we ask that you would bless our offering today that we could be a blessing to our community and the world in Jesus' name. Amen. Isn't that an awesome story? I, I, I just got it in and said they were out down right across the street from the abortion center in Montgomery and and this young girl heard, heard the, how great the art or something, and man, it just riveted her heart, and she started crying and weeping, and she turned around and says, I'm having life. I'm going to choose life for her child. Isn't it all? How many of you believe praise affects things? Yeah, you know, I, I did a whole series on praise a while back. You can go back on podcast if you want to catch that. Well, today, we are in a series, the, the second part today. It's called, I Am in the Words of Jesus in His Own Words. And last weekend, I spoke about I am the bread of life, and then we celebrated Holy Communion. Well, today, I am the light of the world. It's always that favorite line of Jesus that I just celebrate and we develop around candlelight, the 24 that we've had in the first 24 years of our fellowship. But I am the light of the world. You're going to hear that word light a bunch today. I don't know about you, but I like the light. The light is good. We moved about seven or eight weeks ago into a new home, and I don't know, you know when you go to a hotel or you move to a new house or you do something, and I, and, and I think about Vic and Sherry and all, and Adam and Lauren, and, or, or not Jay and Lauren, Jay, you and Lauren go together, Adam and Christy go together, that'd be wrong. Right. But uh, I think about all y'all that move around in the military, y'all move a lot, and, I, and I've never asked y'all, but have you ever noticed when you move into a new house, it's a little weird when you get up and you walk. Has anybody ever stumped their toe or walked into something when you're in a new home? Because, you know, you don't turn on the lights, do you? Because if you turn on the lights, you might wake up who? No, I'm not worried about the kids. You might wake up Mama Bear. You know what I'm saying? Or you might wake up Papa or something. So you just kind of, so I, I remember when we first moved in a few weeks ago, I got up to go to the bathroom at night. You know, that kind of happens as you get a little older. And, uh, and, and I got up and I started walking across the hall. Boom! Busted it. Yeah! And so now I've got a flashlight right here that I pick up. But, but I've learned. I even kind of know how many steps. But you know what you do? You, you, you flip on the light switch. Now, 
I, I love what you, know, you ever notice on TV sometimes that Don always says, look how dumb that is. They go into these buildings and they have lights, but they don't turn them on. I'm like, whatever. You got lights on, flip on the light, you can see. But the light, we'll say that today, it dispels the darkness. The light is important. Matter of fact, I want you to write the very top of your worship guide this morning. It's the very first thing. A message question I thought would be good today. Sometimes I state message truths today as there's a message question. Look at it. What was the very first command that God ever gave in the Bible? Let there be light. Write it in. You see, I'm sorry it's not coming up in our very colorful screen and all that. You just have to listen really good. How many of you are going to listen a little better today? Uh, I guess you're going to go to sleep, huh? Nobody raise your hand. How many of you are going to listen a little better today? The message will be much shorter if you answer me the first time. Okay. So let there be light. That's what God, he was, he was his creation and he separated the light from the darkness and he created light. And I'm so grateful for the light of Christ. I know as, as I read, I read a lot and I, I know that I need a lot of light when I go into rooms and, and in my office, I've got lamps and I've got lights. And, as it, and at nighttime, I just turn on more powerful candlelight lights that I can like light up the area because I need to see. And I've always been amazed when we have young staff members right here. I walk in their office and they tell me, fluorescent lights, they give me a headache, I don't like them. So they don't turn them on. And you walk in, you're like, what are you doing? And all they've got is their little computer screen and that light. And they'll be, you know, and over the years they've been like 22, 24, 25, 28. I said, just wait. And I would look at them one day, I said, just wait. One day, one day, you're going to turn on the light. And they just start laughing. They go, get out of here. And they think, there's no way. Well, there is a way. And all the older people said, let no you're supposed to say let there be light okay like in here you know this room we can get it pitch black you know we built it to be able to have screens at work haha <laughs> and and uh, but also that it, it shows a lot better not having windows in here but but then during the week what's when we have these little side lamps on if you come in this room you can like bust it i cannot tell you how many times pastor has walked over chairs tumbled over chairs it's fun and uh, and i always say nice words after i do that but here here we go here it is, it's kind of the synopsis of John. Turn over in your Bibles, John chapter 8, verse 12. And we'll get there in a minute, but I want to set it up. Light is a prominent theme in the Gospel of John. As you read through John, and I've read through it many, many times, you see light over and over and over. You see, the world is lost without the light of Christ. It, it is actually hopeless. And light needs to come. And the light has come in the person of Christ that Isaiah prophesied over and about Isaiah 9, 6. And the light, the great light has come. And yet there's one that has come. And because he's come, he leads us out of the darkness into the light of his Father. And that's where we want to run this morning. So the Old Testament heritage shows a lot of illusion. It illuminates with the light of Christ. And then he goes on to explain, Jesus says, but I am the light of the world so as you look at this you just see metaphorically light is a word for write down some things light another word for light spiritually would be it would be goodness holiness purity godliness it would be the character of our god would be light because he is light he knew light would be good he knew that we would need light for ourselves I, I think about our kids you know when you have young kids or grandkids and you get it in a dark place they can get a little scared and they want to hold your hand or they they want somebody to be with them they don't like it totally dark 
And, you know, I think about, well, you say, well, what about when we get to be teenagers? Or how about when we get to be adults or we get older? We still need light. Light is so important. It's like, have you, have you ever noticed, like, when it's really dismal, like it's been in Montgomery a lot lately, and really rainy and really dark, don't you just feel all melancholy and depressed and like you can't wait for the sun to come out? How many of you run around, one of the first things you do in your home is, you open up your blinds that the light might come in. How many do that? Yeah, because I mean, you, you ever walked in a house and it's all dark and you're like, y'all need some light in here, huh? Like open the blinds, come on, turn on some lights. Light is life-giving. And as I think about this, there's a context of this light of John eight twelve that Jesus sets it up in. They had, had come out of the promised land and the presence of God dwelt in the temple. There was temple feasts. There were all these feasts that the Jews would celebrate. And here was one for a particular time. It was operating there in the courtyard of women. And basically, the women at that time were able to enter maybe more into the Holy of Holies, so they were like this courtyard out. But they had the light. They had these torches. They were like four candle stands. They were huge torches that illuminated the courtyard. They gave light to the temple. And they basically were showing that God had delivered the people from Egypt. He, as they had wandered around, he had come near. It was called the Feast of Tabernacles. There's all these feasts that you read about in Old Testament history, but this particular one is the Feast of Tabernacles. It would be like uh, Mardi Gras, uh, Cinco de Mayo. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So y'all go, oh yeah, man, that's a time to party. Well, it, it could be, okay. But what it is in this scene but it, it, it was a festival and that's what it was here in the courtyard so they had these lights and they would light them and these torches I, I read they were as high they were really massive they were as high as the walls of the temple and when they were lit man the fire would go forth and the light was so bright that everybody could see everything was seen there clearly and it was powerful now, I'm kind of glad we don't have torches in here today. I can just see the fire trucks coming out here every Sunday morning and, you know, smoke and all that. But, I mean, they didn't, they didn't have the lights that we have. They couldn't just turn on the lights or turn off the lights. Also, they didn't have to worry about screens. I guess that was a cool thing, too, you know. But these, these, these torches were like golden candelabras that were, like, lit. And they held, like, some 65 liters of oil. And so it was, it was lit it would just burn, and this light would burn forth, or it would just uh, go out for the people to shine. And so it's this pillar of fire in the Old Testament that represented the presence of God. It says in the Old Testament, they followed the what? The pillar of fire. It's how they moved. They, they would see the light of it. And here in the temple, they would see the light. But then Jesus comes in, and he goes, I am the light of the world. He declared himself as authority. He declared himself as the Son of God because that's exactly who he is. And we are children of the King by faith. And the church said, so I, I was thinking about this light issue. In John, I told you a lot is in there. But if you turn over to John chapter 3, just turn over a few chapters from chapter 8 because I'm going to get to the main text in a minute. But I want you to look, there's a guy here. And I've told you this before, but it works. The original Nick at night showed up in John 3. 
Okay, a few of you got it. Most of you didn't. Okay, ah, it's a bad joke. Okay. There was a Jewish ruler named Nicodemus, and we'll call him Nick. And he came, and he was a very religious man. And he came to Jesus in the cloak of darkness at night that he might find out about life because God had intrigued, God had, had drawn him, God had put it in his heart. And, and later on, so then God changes Nicodemus. But then later on in John, you see that Nicodemus is the one that defends Jesus Christ in chapter 19. He defends Jesus before the Sanhedrin, before the religious council of the day. It's a powerful, powerful thing. But listen to what Warren Wiersbe said in his commentary. I love this. He went from darkness to light, being Nicodemus. When we first meet Nick, he's in the dark, but the last time we see him in Scripture, it's mid-afternoon. He's openly giving witness of his faith in Christ because he had observed, had participated, had embraced the light. When you and I embrace the light of God's love, when we embrace the light of Christ, we have to go and let it shine. You know, one time Jesus said, you don't light your lamp and put it under a stand. That's, that's foolishness. That's dumb. You take a lamp and you put it where? You put it on top of the table. You put it on top of the stand. I mean, what if I came over to your house this afternoon, and what if I just made a parade this afternoon, and I drove by everybody's house, and I wanted to see where your lamps were in your house? You're going, Pastor, that's crazy. But what if I went to your house, and y'all had your lamps on the floor? That would make no sense. Where are your lamps right now? They sit on chests. They sit on tables. They sit on nightstands that they might give forth the most light. And that's what we are. We're the light of Christ because the light of God has come near in Jesus and he comes to dwell in us through the person of the Holy Spirit. So fill it in with me. Number one, the light dispels the darkness every time. That's what the light does. It knocks it away. It reveals. The light energizes. The light transforms. The light penetrates the darkness. The darkness cannot put out the light but the light erodes, eradicates the darkness every time. Are you grateful for the light this morning? I am. I'm so glad that Jesus is the light that I was looking for. The light that you have looked for. The light maybe you're looking for this morning. And darkness doesn't win. For centuries, generations, people have tried to extinguish the light of Christ. I'll say this prophetically. I've never seen anything like 2020. It breaks my heart, but it makes me more passionate about preaching the gospel of grace that others might have their sins forgiven and have eternal life and find the absolutes of God's word. But I'm telling you, the darkness of this age has blinded many. Satan is alive and well. How many believe that? But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And the light of Christ needs to shine. But I'm telling you, so many are not believing this book anymore. I, I saw a study the other day. It says now, for about 20, 21-year-olds, only one in five are coming back to the church of Jesus Christ after university experience. It's scary how we're becoming a post-generational age of the cause of Christ. And that's why it's so important that we raise up our young ones and that we stay intimate with Christ and we proclaim Christ and we give witness because I tell you, there's a dark world coming against us. How many of you feel the darkness every day? 
It's dark. Turn on your television. It's dark. Go to the movie. There's a lot of darkness. And darkness tries to pervade. But, 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 good news. Christ is greater than any darkness. And when the light of Christ shines, the darkness has to leave. Does anybody get thrilled about that but me? The light dispels. The light goes away. The Romans tried to extinguish the light. People of this day and age are trying to extinguish the light of Jesus Christ in the church, but it can't win. We need to know that the light, listen, the light has never struggled with the darkness. You see, if I walk in the dark room and the darkness controls it, but as soon as I turn on the light, what happens? Darkness leaves and light takes over. Like this storage room right behind me. It's dark. You do not want to walk in there in the dark. You would hurt yourself. It is a, it's a trap. It's mines in there. There's all kind of crazy. Somebody's like, could we go on a trip right now? But you turn on the light because if you don't have a light on in there, you're, you're probably going to hurt you and somebody else. But the light, the light has come near. Here it is. The deeds of darkness get demolished by the light of God's word. And so I was thinking about this, about how important the light of Christ is. So I want to give you something. I want you to write it on the side. Some of you take notes. Some of you need to start taking notes in 2020. Okay? Hello? Okay. Here it is. Did you know in 30 days, if you read the Bible, in 30 days, if you read the Bible for 30 minutes a day, you know what can happen? If you can read the Bible for 30 days, 30 minutes a day, you would end up reading 260 chapters, and that would mean you have read the entire New Testament in 30 days. How many can do that? You're saying, Pastor, you gave a Luke challenge in December, and I didn't make it. Then in January, you challenged us to read the book of Proverbs, and I'm just sucking wind. Now you're saying read the whole New Testament. I'm not going to do that. Do you not get it? I want you to be people of the book. And the church said we got to be. See, guys, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him. And we've got to get into this book for ourselves. And I want you so in love with God's word. And that you say, Christ, I want to know you intimately. I want to know you closely. I want to experience you. And God, I never know you better than when I read your word and study your word for myself. And you illuminate, you reveal my sin. You expose my deeds through the light. Church, that's a good word, isn't it? But let's keep moving because i got more points here. You're saying, ah, because this spiritual darkness, it's real. Spiritual darkness, it pervades. Spiritual darkness, you know what it is? You know what spiritual darkness really is? unbelief you don't believe 83 times jesus christ uses that one word in the gospel of john belief and spiritual blindness is unbelief in the truth i am the way the truth and the life we'll talk about it in a few weeks let's keep going here so are you listening you know what the darkness <laughs> it doesn't like the light because the light exposes it look at the second thing the light recovers lost things. You know, you're looking for something, what do you do? Hey, where, where's a flashlight? I need a flashlight. And you get a flashlight because the light reveals, the, the light helps you find something. Um, you go, anybody ever go up under the couch besides me to look for stuff? Yeah. Or you're looking behind cushions, or you're looking behind a dresser, or you're looking, you're just looking for something. You're, 
You're over in this compartment, it's real dark, and needs light. And, and you go up to any technician, they're working on equipment, and they, they've always got lights, man, because they know, I've got to see this. I've got to see this for myself. I need to know how to diagnose this. Well, in the Scripture, in Luke chapter 15, verses 8 through 10, I want you to listen to this. Suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she what? She stays in the darkness, and she goes, it doesn't say that. It says, doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I'll tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So the light recovers lost stuff. See, we're lost, hopeless without Christ. The light reveals Christ to us. The light helps us physically. But it's so, I'm trying to give you so much more than a physical lesson. I'm trying to give you a spiritual lesson this morning. Move, move to point three. The darkness never wins where there's light. It never has, and it never will win when the light of Christ shows up. Jesus was known as a rabbi, and he called people to leave the darkness and to follow after him. And the theme of light is so, so huge in John. I'm going to give you another section. I want you to write down John chapter 1, the first five verses. Listen to what John says again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. And in Him was life. Listen. And that life was the light of all mankind the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it see as i study scripture and as i'm proclaiming truth today it's just driving a stronger anchor in my soul and i hope yours that the light of christ is so foundational the light of christ is so needed in a dark world how many would agree with me today that we live in a very, very dark world in 2020. And there's only one thing to combat it. It's the light of Jesus. It's the hope of Christ. I think people are looking for that light. Some are not. Some are just trying to extinguish it. They're just antagonistic. But we can overcome through the light of Christ. What, what made Jesus the light of the world? Well, his words made him the light of the world. Definitely his works, as they were manifested, they proclaimed that he was light. And the work of Christ, the works of Christ, we read in Scripture, they were shining brightly and the people were drawn to the great light. And you know today, us as witnesses, we're the light. He says, we, he says I am the light of the world. We'll keep going here. You, you'll see what I'm saying here. And in verse 13, look at verse 12. Just want you to see verse 12. Here it is. You've got you to hear this verse. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You follow Jesus, you leave the darkness, and you walk in the light. You can still drift or wander back into the darkness even though you're in Christ. Has anybody ever done that before? Don't raise your hand. But you have. I have but we can come back onto the path of God's love and his light. But look at verse 13. Look what Jesus declares here. The Pharisees, they challenged him. They didn't, they didn't like Jesus. He was always upsetting them. He called them out. 
Here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Verse 14, Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I came from and where I am going, but you have no idea where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards in verse 15, but I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are right because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. Wow, I love that. Jesus is validated by his works, by his words, but by his Father. You and I get validated as children of the light by Christ. What God says to us is so important. You know, you know what would be a great prayer for us on this second point? Lord, light me up. Lord, wouldn't it be awesome if we all just got lit up today? Now, somebody's like, no, wait, wait, brother, what are you, what are you talking about? No. I heard, I heard there was a no vaping rule at Christ Community. There is a no vaping rule. We don't want you to light up either, okay? But <laughs> somebody just woke up. Okay, here, here's what I'm trying to say. I want you to light up in the presence of Christ. See, if we let Christ fill us, consume us, control us, captivate us, the world sees the hope of the Son of God in us. I am crucified with Christ. It's not I or you who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me by faith in the Son of God. Galatians 2.20. That's what Christ wants to do. He wants to be greater in 2020 than he's ever been. And I just pray that we would become like those great torches at the festival, that we would just burn and people would just see the light in the hope of Jesus. Oh, Christ, light us up, Father. I want to be your light. And this, these uh, torches that I told you about, they were filled with the oil. And that oil is always a, a symbol of the Holy Spirit when you read about him in the Old Testament. And God wants to fill us with his Holy Spirit. Listen, to, I've referred to it, uh, Isaiah 9, 6. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them has had the light shine. But Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He also said, I am God. I am the way. So here Jesus is called the light. And we hopefully will connect, attach ourselves to the light of Christ. But you know what? If you get disconnected, you get unplugged, there's no light. Your batteries go. Yesterday I had to change the batteries on my flashlight. You know, it's like, man, nothing. As soon as I put some fresh batteries in there, wow, illumination city again. You know what I think that's a, a sign of for you and I? I think that's an example of the Holy Spirit. When you and I get depleted and we get to walking in the flesh and I, we get carnal in mind and spirit, our light grows so dim and maybe even goes out. But when we get filled afresh with the spirit of the living Christ, the light begins to glow and reflect the glory of God. And the church said, I want to be that kind of light. All things were made through him. Without him was not anything made that was made in him was light. The life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. See, the darkness, the light kicks, annihilates, overcomes the darkness. The darkness doesn't overcome the light. Let's be the light of Christ. In creation, he shows us this. Look at the fourth one. Jesus is the light that gives spiritual life. That's what I've been really trying to talk about is King Jesus. He's the one that gives us life and gives us abundant life. And in John 12, here it is. I'm just kind of walking through some passages in John. And if you turn from 8, 12, now over to John 12, 36, listen to John. 
while you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of the light. As children of God, we are sons and daughters of the light of Jesus Christ. And may that light pervade. May that light fill. May that light enable. May that light empower this morning in the days to come. Lord, please let your light burn in me. Let your light burn in my friends. Don't let the light of Christ be snuffed out in our life. Lord, don't let me decide that I want sin more than I want the Savior. Don't let me decide that I want something else more than I want the goodness of God. God, I want your goodness. I want to draw near to you. I want spiritual life. Eternal life, spiritual life begins when we come to faith in Jesus Christ. And God, it's like God puts a, a light bulb in us and we just light up. You know, last night I had, a, I had a light bulb go out over the kitchen sink. And the ceiling's kind of high, and I was up there changing it out, you know. As soon as I get in there, man, that light. I, I, I know you're saying, Keith, you are so carried away with the light. I, I am. I like light. You know what I'm saying? I just like it. How many of y'all like the light? Y'all like the light? I mean, let's just turn the lights off in here. What do you think? No, I'm kidding. Don't turn them off. They might not come back on in this room, okay? Just don't turn them off, okay? Leave them on. Y'all know what we did the other day? This is how crazy this. We cannot wait to get this all this stuff fixed the other night kevin says i got a solution i said what kevin kevin's really smart he goes let's leave it running i said kevin there's all those illumination all those you know we're gonna waste all the lights he goes yeah but look if we turn it off it might not come back on bless kevin bless kevin bless kevin. he's right and we left it on and last weekend we had lights this week we turned it off <laughs> just saying I think we need a new one. I will say this. I love a high-tech church. I love, and this stuff has worked for almost 24 years till lately. But here's the thing. I miss my little uh, overhead. All it was, you, somebody as simple as me. You go there, you lift that out, you put a bulb in it, turn it back on, got light. That's what we started this church with, an overhead. Now, I don't want to go back. Don't, don't get me wrong. Don't write me a letter. Say, Pastor, can we go back to overheads? Oh, please help us, Jesus. Because let me tell you the bad part about overhead. Here, let me set it up for you. At AUM, we were at AUM. This is going to look bad on video. Who cares? At, 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 at AUM, we had a person right here that would project the screens. Remember that, April? Remember that, Kevin? And, 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 and the songs, and they would, they would move the thing up for the lyrics. And sometimes they would just get so excited They'd forget to do it. Or sometimes the, the sheets would just blow off the table and everybody would be like, I don't know what to sing. So this is a much-needed improvement. Although that ain't a much-needed improvement. That's a joke right there. I rebuke that. Okay, let's keep going. All right. I made fun of that long enough. This evening is supposed to be a satanic warfare message. Okay, all right, so here it is. Jesus is a light that gives spiritual life. Look at the fifth one. Move there. The light of Christ produces fellowship. That is so important. You see... Christ is this light that I'm talking about. And every other religion in the world talks about, you need to do this, you need to do that, or um, if you do this in life, then maybe you'll be accepted by God. Maybe he'll put you on the scale. Uh, in Islam, it's paradise. You'll get that if you do that. Nirvana and Buddhism, Hinduism, all these things. But here's the thing. Christianity, the gospel, is so much different than the religions of the world. They always tell you what you must do. But what about love about Jesus? It's what Christ has already done. And when he's already done, when we receive that by faith, it's who we now are. 
I am a what? A child of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Nothing that you and I can do can ever earn favor with a holy God. Are you grateful for the grace and mercy of Jesus? It's what Christ has done. In repentance and faith, there is life. Believing in the gospel, believing in Christ, walking in the light. Listen to these verses. I am the light of the world, John. And he says, I'm the light of life. You have the light of life. That's what John just says over and over and over. God's word is light. But this thing here, the light of Christ, verse number five. The light of Christ produces fellowship. And 1 John, verses five and seven, listen to what he says. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you god is light and in him there's no darkness at all if we claim to have fellowship with him and we walk in the darkness we lie we do not live out the truth but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of jesus purifies us from all sin and that is called good news we have fellowship with him with abba with father through the light of christ so we want to run to him I got to thinking about this. There was a song I used to sing when I was a little kid. He was very famous around here. He has a museum downtown. He had a very famous song, I think, in the 50s or 60s. It was called, I Saw the Light. What was his name? Oh, Hank. It wasn't Bo Cephas. It was Bo Cephas' daddy, okay? <laughs> Hank Williams. And I saw the light, this long-awaited light. Listen, here it is. Just like a blind man, I wandered along, worries and fears I claimed for my own. And then like the blind man, God gave me back his sight. Praise the Lord, I saw Yeah. See, we, 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 we probably should have sang that song today, Doug. I saw the light, I saw the light, no more in darkness. Come on, no more in night, no you never heard that song? Oh, quit. How many have heard that song before? I saw the light. Look at that. Wait, wait, raise them high. I want Doug to see this. Show our worship leader. Everybody raise your hand. Doug, look. Look. That's all right. Oh, that brother said he's, he'll lead it or Zelda will next weekend. Here we go. I saw the light. All right. Hey, all right. Hey, that'll be worth coming back and bringing your friends to see Zelda. You know, she plays in the Tupperware band, and when she sings I saw the light, it's going to be glory all over this place. Okay. All right. Let's go. All right. All right, I, I got to do this. We, we, we got to get to body life, and we started late this morning, but I want to share this with you. This is a powerful, powerful verse. In Revelation, turn over to Revelation, chapter 22. Turn there with me. In Revelation, see, it can't come up on the screen because the screen's broke. <laughs> it says, there will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. Jesus Christ, the light, will shine forever for all eternity. He is the radiant light. He is the hope of the Father. The light will symbolize and has always symbolized illumination. I'm going to close with this verse and pray, and we'll get the body light. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 through 6, the Apostle Paul says, And if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, that they might not see 
the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, light shall shine out of the darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Jesus Christ liberates us from walking in darkness. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. We should be his light. Let's pray. Father, I'm grateful for the message and the light and the joy and the hope and the forgiveness and the mercy of Jesus. Lord, we stand in need. I pray we would plead, we would cry out, have mercy on us, Lord Jesus, for we have sinned and fallen short of your glory. We need you, Jesus. We need you more than breath. We need you more than life. We want to embrace you today fully as Savior and Lord. I pray by faith that we would repent, receive you, Christ, as our Savior, as our Lord, as our hope, and trust only in you. And then, and then your light would shine out from us and we would be bright lights in our world that so needs to see Jesus. In Christ's name, God's people said, amen.